Welcome to episode 56 of the Green and Healthy Places podcast, in which we discuss the themes of well-being and sustainability in hospitality and real estate. I'm your host, Matt Morley, founder of Biophilico Wellness Real Estate. And in this episode, I'm in London talking to boutique hotel expert, Mr. Ian Ainsworth Esquire. Ian is the founder of The Aficionados, a reference for travel culture and lifestyle that promotes neat edits of hotels, creators and craftsmen, as well as its sister company, White Line Hotels, which is a marketing network for boutique hoteliers. He was executive VP of Design Hotels for several years before setting up on his own. And I took the opportunity to take the temperature on wellness and sustainability from his perspective. So we cover everything from eco-friendly hotel amenities to sustainability certifications for hotels, the emergent landscape hotel concept, and various examples or case studies of sustainability initiatives from his member hotels in the Alps in particular. If you enjoy this episode, please hit like or subscribe. You can find me at biophilico.com and ian at theaficionados.com. All links are in the show notes. Here he is, Mr. Ian Ainsworth. Ian, thanks for joining us today. I'd like to start at a fairly high-level overview. You've been in this game for a while. You're an insider. How do you see sustainability taking shape or evolving amongst the hotels you're working with? Is it, I suppose the question really comes down to, is it more of an informal, organic process, or are you seeing more and more structure uh, coming into play in terms of how hotels are starting to think about how they address environmental issues? Um, hi, Matt. I think for me, uh, the most overwhelming point is that for a lot of our hotels, it's a very natural process. It's part of their DNA. Um, and so when we talked to them initially uh, 12 years ago about sustainability, they were looking at us going like, well, what's new? You know, it's, it, it's always been part of what we do. Um, and we only work with sort of privately owned hotels and, and 99% of them are indigenous from that village, from the valley, from the mountain, from the town. So for them, it's pretty natural that they um, sourced locally, um, beside the fact that they knew Bert down the road, who was a timber maker. Uh, they know, um, you know, Heidi that makes the jams. It's, it's a very natural thing. So I think for us, it's, you know, it's a bit of a um, green labeling is not something that they, they, they need. Um, Sure, you know, whilst it's a natural thing, it's not a marketing process, um, it does need some structure coming into it. And that's where we try and guide them and, and filter out what, what they do, because for them, it's as I say, it's part of um, running a daily hotel. Um, and they don't necessarily realize that what they're doing is, is remarkable. Um, you know, even for the older hotels where you might think mm, to be up to the newest standards is quite difficult, you can see the next generation. Um, are applying the newest technologies, but they're also going back um, to how their grandparents originally built the hotels. And, and I think that's just, um, you know, a respect really that they have for their environment, their community. But as I say, it's very much of a natural process for them. And um, even within, you know, the Alps, for example, um, zero energy production is pretty normal as well. If you look at South Tyrol. Um, most hotels have zero emissions because they are, are using a grid which is um, fostered by the local government. So a lot of them are very, very green. I hate the word green, but this, just put them into, the, into that uh, philosophy, if you like. Um, I just think it's um, 
a welcome a welcome um, blast of energy and enthusiasm that they have for being sustainable without calling it sustainability. Um, it is difficult within the hotel industry, as you know, and also between countries, it's very hard to get certification. Um, it's, there's not one mandated policy that you can follow when you're building a new hotel. Equally, if you build a hotel and you're renovating, it's very hard to tick all of the boxes. Um, and there is no one, one central uh, template for this. But on the other hand, I think that's quite good because then you get personal innovation coming in and new ideas. The other thing, striking point with our hotels is the, the lead on architecture and design. Uh, again, maximizing the use of light, maximizing the conservation of heat during the winter, and also keeping cool in the summer. I, I, again, you know, the architects, particularly in the Alpine regions, are very, very afraid with um, sustainable approaches. But again, it's part of the DNA of that, of that region. An interesting point isn't it because it's almost as if there are certain areas of Europe and in particular in this case uh, geographies where you are uh, heavily present with your member hotels where it's almost part of the culture where it doesn't yes. need necessarily to be introduced from outside and then sort of imposed from above which is I think what we're seeing in places like you know London and other huge cities where it's not necessarily or hasn't been historically part of the local culture, but there's, they're playing catch up. Whereas somewhere like a South Tyrol, from, from what I'm hearing from you, it's, it's really part of the fabric and perhaps they never lost it. Uh, it's not about catching what they had before. It's just always been a yeah. continuous process. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's certain aspects they still need to look at, like, like, like um, um, how, how do you, how do you uh, minimalize the impact of what you're doing? Because at the end of the day, it's still tourism. But um, I think when your family own the farm down the road, your other family own is an architect, your other family are, are producing li uh, load and linen, um, which is a very natural, you know, sustainable product, which is back in fashion, which Austria, you know, I didn't know this before, Austria is one of the biggest producers of, of linen. Um, and then they, they just foster this in a natural way. Um, and, and it, I think, you know, even the timber they use in the bedrooms, they all say you sleep better because it's holistic. Um, it's antibacterial. Pine is antibacterial as well. So um, you have this natural health and wellness element as part of the building. Um, and for me, you know, it's very easy to talk about, you know, um, sustainability in Lisbon, but it's a very different approach there. You need to dig deeper because unfortunately some, some, um, some countries or larger urbanized hubs, when they go for the local furniture, it's not necessarily locals. They take the concept and then source it from further afield. But we've got an old uh, an old palace in in Lisbon. It was the hardest thing was finding an architect that would understand what preservation means, conservation, and reinvigorating the history rather than wiping over it. Um, so so there's a lot of um, you know, a lot of work still to be done. But I think I think for me, the, the Alpine regions and, and a lot of the rural regions are just, it's just part of their DNA. So you mentioned the idea of certifications and we do see a number of them out there at the moment. As you say, it, it feels like perhaps there isn't quite one dominant leader that works across territories. But I think there are Still, there is still value in, in what they're doing. Each has a slightly different twist, I noticed, but a lot of them are covering broadly the same basis. So, for example, Sombri in, in Mallorca, one of your, your member hotels, they've gone for yep. travel life 
certification. From your perspective, hotel marketing, do you think there's considerable value in going for something like that? Do you think actually it's more about just doing what you do? And then if you get certification or you apply for certification afterwards, then it's really sort of ratification of the work you've done? Or do you think sometimes having a bit of structure uh, can be useful for a hotel like Sunbridge? Yeah, I mean, again, you know, Sunbridge, um, when they created the hotel some 15 years ago, it, again, it was a very sustainable approach to it. They'd, um, you know, the it's been a farm for nearly 300 years uh, around that. So it was a monastery as well, and it came with 40 hectares of land. So as a hotel, you can either sell the land, uh, leave it over to other farmers, or you can take it as part of your concept and say, so they were on the first, you know, farm to table for them is pretty natural as well because they've got the farm on their doorstep. Um, so they, they've always um, been a pioneer of um, doing things proper. I guess they're islanders and they saw a lot of destruction of the island. Um, also, you know, uh, the movement of, of locals from farming into hospitality, um, which sort of saddened one of the owners and a particular, and he said, no, this is not right. We, we need to employ the farming community around us. So they've, they did it from their own hearts, um, as it were. But I mean, having certification from Travel Life, for example, the gold certification, it's a good ticks box because again, you start to ask yourself, okay, what am I missing? What else can I do? And like all of the certifications, of course, you know, they're covering a very broad spectrum. Um, you know, of, of huge hotels down to smaller ones. So the smaller ones are invariably are not going to be able to tick every box. Um, but equally, you know, the larger ones are not going to be able to pluck, uh, you know, fresh lemons from their trees in the morning. Um, this is not going to happen either. So there, is, there are certain things that, are, you know, for, I think in terms of for, for the consumer journey, the more certification a hotel has, the better the choice is going to be. So I've got a hotel with no certification that's saying, yeah, this is not just, you know, greenwashing. They've actually done something. They fulfill a criteria is always good compared to a hotel that's just, you know, saying we're green and eco and, and we're sustainable, but no certification. You're going to choose the one with certification because it means for me, it, it, it means for me that they are following a very strict guideline um, and they're fulfilling as many of those ticks as, as possible. But it's an ongoing process, which I like, because it's not just, okay, we've, we've done an initiative, tick the box, close it. Um, you know, it's an ongoing thing. And I think that for me is what certification is about. It's ongoing. It's always changing. It's always evolving. Technology, of course, is helping this. But also, also um, broader conversation are helping the certification become more valid for hotels. One area that we see a lot of hotels, you, you mentioned the greenwashing idea, but it, it is an easy win, a low-hanging fruit for anyone looking to make some initial steps is around the amenities. So that sort of you know, very visible piece that you have in your in your bathroom, right? And with these sort of like yeah. single-use plastic bottles were always, in my mind, a sort of a, something of an anomaly. And we're seeing a, a switch now to perhaps reusable bottles and so on. You've written about various brands. You, I can see yeah. you're, you're clued up on this on, on the, via the website. So how are, you, how are you seeing what's happening there in that industry? Because you, you've touched on some sort of botanical amenity concepts. You've got brands like Anasa Organics. So we've kind of got plant-based, natural, yeah. the organic going on. Like what's happening there in terms of the connection between those type of brands and the world of boutique hotels that you're dealing with? Yeah, I, I, it's um, first of all, it's the straws. 
you know, straw-free, <laughs> and now we're going for plastic-free amenities, and and you know, the elimination of single-use plastics throughout the hotel, uh, whether it's the mineral bottle, you know, the mineral waters, um, which kind of again makes sense if you're in a, a rural uh, community, you'd be able to drink the water anyway from the tap. Um, so there, there, there are some easier measures. Um, Hotel amenities are very complex um, because it's to do with the distribution and um, the advantage smaller hotels have is that they can go to a local supplier again um, and source uh, materials from them. I think for me, the, the, you know, there's an argument of single use plastic. There's also this hygiene, you know, do I want to touch the squeezy bottle from somebody else who's used it in the shower? Does it have to be glass? Does it have to be plastic? Um, never mind what's in there. Um, I mean, the best elements for me are those uh, pioneers like Susanna Kaufman, who have always used natural products. Um, you know, she's very cautious about minimalist uh, use of plastic, refillables. Um, and, you know, even um, Team Dr. Joseph, who are a, a South Tyrolean uh, skincare company, they've gone from complete um, zero waste. So their new products are all in, in, in sort of a block form um, um, as soap, shampoos, conditioners. So they have no plastic and no glass. And I think that's the way forward. Again, you know, it is, it is a question of cost. Uh, and, you know, and I, I'd always say to people that when they look at these hotels that do make this extra effort, um, there is a higher cost, of course. Um, and and this, this is something that has to be built into the whole environment of, of you, when you're in a hotel, I always look at these things, um, you know, how much plastic do they have and what's in the bottles, uh, more importantly for me, what am I putting on my skin? What am I putting down the drain? Um, so again, for, for us, the hotels, we didn't want to mandate hotel amenities and say, you know, all plastic free, um, because I think, I think there's many, many new opportunities out there with local suppliers. Um, and also to keep that relationship with um, the, the small pharmaceutical companies that are making products for the hotels. You can also look at um, stores like Muji, you know, if you want, um, you know, bamboo slippers, you know, sometimes you can draw inspiration from, from, from a, a high street store that's gone that way because it's, it's still very hard as a small hotel to get a, a supply of slippers that are environmentally friendly that people seem to feel they need for the one or two nights in a hotel. Um, but you can get them. And, and the same with toothbrush, you know, you can be made of bamboo. The problem is sometimes with hotel, in certain countries, certain countries demand an array of amenities for their star categorization, which is crazy for me because, you know, I don't need a toothbrush in every room. It's, it should be if I forget one, you have one that's sustainable and, you know, I take that for granted. Um, but I'm seeing more and more of a seamless approach to this and also in, into the next stage of this equation, which are the chemicals used in cleaning the rooms. Because after COVID, you know, during COVID, there was this huge euphoria for chemicals. Um, instead of looking at natural ways of cleaning a room, because this is equally as important for me as, as what's in the bathroom. So then you see a connection between, I think it's, it's key there, the idea that a, a hotelier does have an easy option. And it is going to one of these giant hotel supply companies that offer yeah. you, you know, Bulgari uh, branded uh, green bottles that don't yes. really have that much to do with the real brand, but it's all licensed. Then it's just it, the easy step, the easy win, right? It's just to go great. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy my 
my slippers, my bathrobes, my yeah. you know, everything I need for the for the uh, sort of setup in the bathroom, and, and off you go. So in a sense, the hotels that are seeking out the individual brands, there's a lot of work behind that. There's a lot of yeah. extra legwork, right? It's an up, it's more of an uphill uh, process than the sort of the easy path, right? So it's sometimes maybe not evident for guests that what's gone into that. Yeah, and I still think some some guests um, judge a hotel on their amenities. Um, you know, they they like to see a brand that they know. Um, whereas I'm, you know, myself and I would say most of our subscribers that travel into our hotels are more intrigued by finding the local brand and then go and buy it because you want to take it with you. Um, so I think I think there's opportunity for uh, distribution is changing and and also the approach to um, smaller businesses. So you can produce your own. It is expensive, as I say. Sombril is another one that produces their own, always have done. Um, but it has, um, I think for me, it's part of the, the whole sensory environment within a hotel. So it's worth it for me. And, you know, of course, you know, you can buy big brands like Ren. Ren is a, you know, fantastic sustainable product. Um, and you can buy them from a wholesaler. So there are alternatives there. But again, I think, you know, if I find somebody that's making a product, you know, 20 kilometers down the road, I'm going to have my first conversation with them and say, listen, this is what we need. What can you provide us with? And, and carry this through into the wellness areas as well, uh, and not just into to the bedroom environment. But, it, but um, you know, I think, I think it is changing and it's become a more exciting um, space. And, and great for small cosmetic companies and skincare companies getting into a hotel because you, you immediately get a new client. Uh, and, you know, you get a new fan, a new follower. So the point of discovery offer for the smaller brands is fantastic. You mentioned the idea of the Alps in particular being, uh, or that region of Europe being quite strongly associated for many of us with, with a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so some, somewhere like the Hotel Alberg in, in Lech, for example, they build themselves as a, as a wellness retreat. Would you, I mean, certainly when you look at that website, they do seem to sort of epitomize that concept of, well, I'm in the Alps, it's a healthy living Exactly what does that mean in terms of how the hotel crafts that guest experience? How, how do they assist in, in, in creating a stay for guests that is as healthy and green as, as possible? Um, well, I think, I think for them, I mean, they, they're in third generation of family. So um, grandmother's still involved daily in, in the business. So are their parents. And, and Benny and Patrick that run the hotel today, um, you know, they, they're keen to refurbish and upgrade the hotel. And it's, it's always been changing. You started as a cafe and then had a couple of rooms. And, uh, and today it's become what it is. You know, it, it's, it, it's a fabulous um, alpine retreat for me. Um, they always had a spa, but when they started to rethink about the spa, they, they looked really at how do you bring in the Alps inside? Because a lot of, you know, a lot of, once, once you're in the hotel, you lose that connection to the Alps. So that's where they you know, I guess they, they created the blueprint Alpine Healthy Living. And, and they started to look at the sound. What is it about? You know, it's about fresh air. It's about nature. It's about the products. Um, and one thing they noticed in the older rooms, there was always a scent of pine. And this was coming from, um, from the wardrobes, actually. Um, so they said, OK, where can we get this old pine from that, that, that you know, is well sourced? And they found a, a guy in the next village, um, actually, that salvages pine from the older Alpine houses. Um, so they brought that back in. And then they looked at um, 
the pigments of of the colors um so they started with colors and said okay what are the colors that we want to be in there but then they looked at okay how do you create this moss green color well surely there's a herb or pigment growing up in the mountains that we could use so then they created um natural paints um which they brought into their spa as well so i mean the spa for them was the starting point but it's actually extended now throughout the whole hotel so there's a wellness concept um that's going throughout the whole hotel so they use chemical free paints um, that are made locally. Um, they also use natural stone, um, which comes from uh, um, about 20 kilometers away from the hotel. And they've also then um, started um, to look at the treatments that they have and which oils you can use. So they're looking at the old uh, monasteries in the area and what therapeutic oils that they use derived from nature, of course. Um, and so this, this whole alpine healthy living um, I suppose the, the image you have in your head is this healthy looking alpine person that you meet on the hills and you think, well, they look healthy. You know, they have the rosy cheeks, they've got great skin, um, they look healthy. Uh, and, and, that, and that's really the ethos that they brought in. So do away as many toxins as possible to hark back to heritage um, and design and resources. And even, even you know, um, Copper was used extensively in the area, so they, they tried to avoid plastic light fittings uh, by using copper instead, both in the spa, but also now into the bedrooms and restaurants because they, they see it's a, it's, a, it's a great signature to carry all the way through. Um, and, and, and just working with um, architects very carefully and, and producers like we were talking about, Susanna Kaufman, of how you, how you can give me that total one-off wellness experience, which is what I want as a consumer, but also with the added bonus of it being healthy and sustainable and an ethos behind there that gives you that sort of joy for the Alps and healthy living. And one step perhaps beyond that is, is this sort of landscape hotel concept that we're seeing popping up around the place at the moment. Yeah. They tend to be quite, um, let's say, isolated or really fully immersed in nature. You've got one of them, the, the Juvet Landscape Hotel. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? And is it is it a name that one self-classifies or is there some, what are the sort of unifying factors that go into making a landscape hotel nowadays? Yeah, um, I mean, the Uvid Landscape Hotel was probably one of the first ones that I encountered back in 2009. Um, and for me, it's this total immersion into nature, but with no disruption to nature itself. Um, so... The word, you know, the landscape hotel was the pioneer of the owner that had this dream of how can I create a living pods, if you like, or hotel without disrupting even the moss that grows on the rocks. Um, and so they 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 partnered with Jensen and Coldvin um, architects, who probably famously known for their sensible tectonic architecture, as they call it, which is a total immersion into nature of how you use this structure to um, mimic nature. So their first thought was, um, okay, what if we put these pods on stilts? And the stilts actually mimic the, the birch tree um, stems. So um, you sort of get this beautiful visual uh, integration between the trees, uh, trunks, and the, the, the rods that go into the, into the rocks. And by doing that, then you can create a platform, which is what a lot of indigenous tribes did in wilderness areas. You know, it's quite logical, actually, to get the elevated from the ground. But it enables the flora and fauna that you fall in love with to continue to thrive. And in fact, thrive even more because you're giving it a new habitat 
to grow along and, and, and to think. So I think the landscape hotels for me are, the biggest thing about them is the view. And, and so they tend to have huge panoramic windows and you can sort of dance around naked because the only navy you've got is sort of the bird watching you from the tree. Um, and so, you know, a lot of them are very dark inside, painted with a, um, a natural tower. And um, this makes the maximal effect of the view, of course. So, um, yeah, I see a lot of, um, again, there's a lot of gimmicks coming in. You know, we're a lands landscape hotel, um, you know, and they put things up in trees and things like this. And I think you have to be very careful. You, you don't become too sort of a gimmick. Um, and the reason that, you know, Knut, who's the owner of this one and Uvit, did this one, um, it's just his load of nature. I mean, he's total maverick for nature. Um, and he didn't want to damage anything. And, you know, his little pods are a fantastic example of how you can introduce hospitality in a very minimum impactful way, but also with a great design that's, that's going to last for years. Um, and it's also the place where they filmed Ex Machina, which is one of my favorite films, if you remember this. Um, a lot of people have seen that and that that's that's this hotel there that was um literally an idea he had of how do you float room above the landscape without damaging the trees mm. i noticed you've also written about the the green philosophy at the at the hotel poolvert in south tyrol clearly one of your your favorite regions and as i'm discovering really just via this conversation quite a hotbed for uh, case studies in this in this field of sustainability yeah. and well-being so in that instance, what are the the architects? How did they how did they pull through that that concept of sustainability, touching on things like construction and the, the energy use, which is a bit more sort of engineering level than a lot of hotels yeah. will get to, right? Which is perhaps more operations based or sort of local culture based. Here they went a bit further in terms of really building it into to the structure of the building itself. Yeah, I mean, I mean the the architects there um, the um, brothers uh, and their real philosophy is environmentally environmental and sort of building biology um, and so they're, they're quite famous in Tyrol for their work of how to integrate a building into its natural habitat uh, in this case it was an old guest house which um, the owners had inherited from their parents and they wanted to add to this but by doing so in a way that you know is sensitive to their environment um, and so they found the, the, the perfect architecture to do that, uh, Alexander and Armin Pavella. Um, and, and the interesting about that, even, even the cutouts in the windows, it only not only mimics the nature of the landscape, but it absolutely <laughs> makes a fantastic view inside and also makes sense because it shields during the winter. So again, you've got this very vernacular uh, structure that sticks out of the, the rock side. And, and it has a purpose to it as well. I mean, they have always had energy efficiency onto their minds because um, not only because of the cost of it, but all, you know, let's be honest, there is a cost there, but also, you know, to, to have as least impact as possible. Again, being in South Tyrol is great because, um, um, you know, the energy is generated there by water. Um, so the hydroelectric power plants in South Tyrol um, provide a lot of renewable um energy and of course without any co2 emissions so they've got that back up there but they've also invested a lot into technology into meter reading they can see from their app um, how much energy they're using to the relation how many guests they have where are the guests at the moment they're all having breakfast you know how much energy is being consumed in the rooms 
Um, what do we do about pool heating? What do we do about um, heating in general areas? What can we mediate? Um, so, it, you know, again, technology there is, is helping them reduce their carbon footprint. Um, but I have to say they are natural um, enthusiasts for their environment that they live in. Um, and again, you know, they have the farm down the road. They have, um, they're completely organic. They went a step further in the kitchen, banning all plastic in the kitchen. Um, and when we start to think about our own practices at home, you know, with plastic containers, food wrap, um, we use it to preserve food. So again, they've gone back to, you know, pickling. How, how do you conserve? How did our, our grandparents conserve food without using refrigeration, without using plastics? So they've taken it to the whole new level. And I would say cutting out plastic in the kitchen is a, a, even a bigger challenge than, say, in, in the bathroom amenities, um, because there is a replacement already there. So, you know, they've, they've gone to that one step further. And again, looking at their uh, blankets, cloths, mattresses, um, wood used in the rooms, the, the metals used in the rooms. Um, and really, they have a, a whole process behind that of, of what it means for us to be a hotel operator today taking a building that was built in the 1910, adding onto it, but still being connected to nature um, and sustainable uh, for the next generation. Great, really fascinating examples. I feel like we could go on for an hour or two more, but I'm gonna be respectful of your time. And we'll, we'll add links to each of the hotels that we've referenced in yep. the show notes. Besides, besides the aficionados.com, like what's your main, are you more on the social? Are you on LinkedIn? What's your chosen uh, channel? Um, me personally, I'm not really a social uh, <laughs> a social guy. I'm on I'm on LinkedIn. Obviously, we're on LinkedIn as a company, and we're also on Instagram. Um, but I, I just like I'm I'm quite old fashioned. I like to hear from people. Um, so anybody wants to pop us an e an email, maybe you can put a link in for that. Love to hear from people, contributors, experiences, uh, and I say you know. We, we as a company as well, we're, we're still learning how to harness all the sustainability aspects that we have. Um, we have 93 hotels now um, and about 110 makers. Um, so we're always looking for feedback, suggestions, ideas um, of how we can better inform people of what, what's going on. I tend to know a lot in my head because I talk to the hoteliers. Um, but that would be great too. But, um, yeah, um, sure, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, but email is quite nice uh, to hear from people. I'll add that in too. Good stuff. Thanks for your time. It's been fun. Thanks.